second week in a row. We haven't done that in months. Months we haven't done that. But after a great week one, we're back for week two. We brought two more friends along. Ian, tell us who's with us today. I mean, are we sure it was a great week one? It was fantastic. I mean, it was great to be back. It was great to be back. We did see a lot of questionable things, though, mostly the Tennessee Titans. But we can get into that in a bit. I want to welcome Connor and Tomes back. This is Tomes' first podcast since last year. What a ride. I'm so glad you go. Boys are back. Thanks for coming on. It's good to be back, hey, baby. Hey, hey Connor. Hey, man. So, so we are going to get into football, but yes. a few firsts. This is the first time that I'm filming a podcast as solo dad, which means that I do have the dogs in the room with me. So if you hear some barking, it's just what it is, guys. We like dogs. Dogs, it's going to happen. This is also the first time we're doing a podcast on a member of the show's birthday, which it's Connor's birthday. Can, do we say the age? Fuck it. You're 30. 30 happy 30th Damn. birthday, Connor. Claps around happy for the birthday. Happy podcast. Birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. And we're going to dive into a lot of fun stuff. We're not going to talk about Florida State this, this go around. Don't worry. We're no, not let's gonna do, do it. it. Fuck no, it. Fine. We'll, to... You baited me. We'll do it. We will in a second. If you want to, I'll give you the, the floor in a second. Before, no, we we get to seven foot... hours worth. Before we get to football, two minutes, Tomes. This AL wildcard race is like, I, I don't know why we're not doing a two-hour podcast just on baseball. I, I was just watching the game, too. Yeah, well, Hunjin Ryu needs to relax oh. right now. It, like is it crazy to think that if we get to the AL, AL wildcard, that, or even beyond, like, like Ryu has been bad, man. Oh, no, bad. The, the, they're unquestionable first two starters. Is it, are, is it crazy to Ray think that? Barrios, for okay, sure. so I was going to throw out something wild. It, it, like, is it not crazy to think, or it is crazy, but what Manoa's about Alec, third. Manoa, man? Yeah. No, Manoa, Manoa's third. I trust him. Absolutely, I trust him. It's crazy. We got the Red Sox are involved in this. There could be a three-way tie, yeah, it's which would insane. see them all play each other just to go play in the a race, and it, right? just to play each other again, again, to then go on to play the Rays. But it's, if, if it's I'm not mistaken, right the previous rules before you couldn't have that same divisional matchup after the wild card. Am I right, or am I going a little cuckoo right now? Well, no, it's just because the Rays are the best record in the AL. Okay. So they would play the wild card team. Ian, as a Red Sox fan, do you have any comments about the current AL the AL race? Does your is your team back from COVID? What's going on with the Red Sox? Can't trust it. You can't trust it. The wild card teams need to be the Yankees and the Rays. I mean, too Jays. inconsistent. Jays, you, you, you Jay, yeah, Jays and Yankees. I mean, Ray, the Rays are unbelievable. I mean, they're on their, their own separate planet. I mean, the fact that they're able to do this. Back-to-back years with that payroll is incredible. But, I mean, it's a great season for the Red Sox no matter what. If they miss the playoffs, they were never supposed to make the playoffs anyway. If they make it, it's a magical season. So, I'm fine either way, but to me, the two teams should be the Yankees and the Jays. And I just hope the Jays didn't peak too early because, you know, they gave up six tonight against the the Twins. They're trying to battle back right now, and... They, they got a tough slot ahead where the Yan- the Red Sox have a really easy schedule. The Yankees, uh, you know, do see the Jays. It's going to be really important, but I'm super excited. It's almost better oh, yeah. than than playoff baseball because you're watching every other team. You're following along on your phone, checking scoreboards every night, whereas playoff baseball, while it is unique and its own thing, you're just stressed for four and a half straight hours and just relieved when it's over. So, um, but lots to talk about. Let's pivot. Let's get to football. After a great week one, 
what I asked you guys to do was to bring some week one reactions, some questions, maybe overreactions, under whatever, just some comments and questions about week one. And I want to throw to Connor first. Let's digest week one, Connor. What's your first reaction? Jalen fucking hurts, baby. Jalen fucking hurts. Three touchdown passes. He looked pretty – I don't know. I I, I I wanted to bring this up. Obviously, Tomes is going to have a much better reaction to everything that happened in the Eagles game and his boy. But I, I was thoroughly impressed and happy to see everything that Hurts did this week. I just – I was. I, I'm rooting for the guy. I like the guy. I don't – I've liked him since college. It's kind of a simpleton way to look at it, but still. I just I, – he's one of those guys that I'm actively rooting for. So, seeing him, like, play well week one made me feel really good. I'm assuming the Eagles were a part of one of your week one reactions as well, Tom's. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes or no. I, I mean, going back to last week, li- you know, listen to the pod and hearing, you know, a little couple shots being taken. You know, I, I heard what you had to say. Okay, Sean, I heard what you had to say. A little Gardner Minshew action there. <laughs> I heard that. But Connor, my boy, sticking up for him. I'll get into Hurts later. Trust me. I got a whole little thing I want to talk to him about. But my biggest thing was, was, uh, was the West Coast, man. West Coast being the best coast. And like, you know, you got Rams, Niners, Cards, and Seahawks. All won. All win, right? And then you got Raiders, that game, that Raider game, by the way, unbelievable. Uh, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, reaction, overreaction, I don't know, but it was really fun to see. Uh, You know, we're going to see some teams in that division, especially in the NFC, Got some big games coming up this week, which I can't wait to talk about. And and I'm not talking just about the Niners game in, in Philly, but the Seahawks one in particular and what Ian was talking about with that Colts team, man. Yeah, well, was, we're we're gonna we're gonna get there. Yeah, and with these West teams, like the Rams, uh, sorry, not the Rams, the 49ers and the Seahawks both traveled east to play those games on the road to win. It's it's going to be interesting. And, and the Niners are going to travel really east good. again this week. Well, yeah, and the, and the Rams are coming out this way. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're both a part of our picks today. I, I like that. The, I like the, the West dominance. I know a lot of people were picking three teams in the NFC West to come out of uh, – to come to make the playoffs, and in some cases, potentially four. But, Ian, what do you think here, buddy? What, what, was, your, what was your biggest takeaway from week one? Well, I think the easy teams to talk about, right, the teams that everyone's talking about is probably – Probably the Bears, probably the Packers, uh, maybe a little bit of the Titans. But I think Colts are definitely up there. But look, I mean, the, the thing you got to realize, if you're a Colts fan, like you get what you pay for. You paid for Carson Wentz. You decided that was the route you were going to go. And you're getting what you pay for. Carson Wentz is bad. He's been good for one season in his whole career. Fantastic. What a ride. And that is the outlier. We told you this on this show many, many, many moons ago. Nothing's changed, right? The same way that the Bears need to tailor their offense to coddle someone like Dalton is the same way the Colts need to shape their offense to coddle someone like Wentz. If you're ever in a position where you're coddling your quote-unquote franchise quarterback, we have big, big issues. And by the way, that's what's going to decide what happens with Hurts. If Hurts becomes a guy who needs to be coddled in terms of the game plan, then we're going to see that maybe this isn't a success. What he's showing, though, 
is that he could be the driver of a great offense. And I think that's, that's the difference. The Eagles are the, the Colts are just getting what they paid for to me, to me, the biggest issue week one was the Jaguars and urban Meyer, that offense looked like it had no idea what it wanted to do. It didn't get its best offensive player, the ball in James Robinson. And like, if you're a Lawrence believer, okay. That couldn't have made you feel good because this is, I mean, Mac Jones played a better team and a better defense and looked better than Lawrence. And Jones was 15 picks later, 14 picks later, right? Now, that's not to say Lawrence won't get there, but from what we saw from that team, that organization, that offense as a whole, very, very, very scary stuff. And I, I know Urban said this week that he's not going to USC. And maybe that's not the place he goes, but the longer this goes on, the longer those rumbles are going to happen. I agree with you on a couple of different things. Um, first off, uncanning ability to, in your explanation, take my both of my call-outs. Just uncanning ability to do that, uh, where I was all going to talk about the Packers and the, uh, the Cardinals-Titans game. Um, but one thing I would say is I, Mac Jones looks really good. Damian, Jones, Damian Harris blew the game. Ramondae Stevenson didn't help. I thought Lawrence looked, looked better than, than you're saying he did. I thought that he was pretty good. I just think I'd that, say for the, but you, if you look at the duration of the game, right? he wasn't because Zach what, Wilson. He was no, better no, than no, that. No. I'm not saying he was, but we got to take the duration of the game. And for the majority of the game, Trevor Lawrence was not a threat at any moment. I would Houston, agree with that. against against Houston. Houston. Now, did he, yep, did he come true. back in the fourth quarter and throw some garbage time touchdowns? That's like, what I'm saying. Like Bortles. Sure. Sure. Now we're going to see if that matters. But if I am somebody that is maybe not high on the Jaguars, but sort of thinks they're frisky, I'm very discouraged by all of that. Lawrence will sort it out. I'm not sure Urban Meyer will, and that's going to hold Lawrence back. I, I don't disagree. Lawrence looks handcuffed. That's it, what it is. He looks handcuffed by an incompetent head coach. He doesn't know what he's doing at this level. It was, that's what I was going to say. You know, he looks yeah. like a guy that was playing in his first game, right? Where – on, you know, use Mac Jones as an example. He did not. About. Mac Jones did not. It's look not like that he looked like a, he's not like looked looked like a ten-year vet, vet, but he looked he looked very poised and 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 like you know he was dictating the play of the game, right? It looked like he had a say in in picking his plays, and he just looked way more comfortable. And it's not all state, coaching. Right? It's not all coaching. But when of we're course. talking Bill Belichick and his staff versus. Urban Meyer and his staff, obviously, that is an extremely wide chasm. Mac, Mac Jones looked like he was gro- like a grown up. Yeah. And Lawrence looked like a, a deer in the headlights. And, and had, I'm sorry. Had flashes. That, and that's the difference. Absolutely had flashes. Right. And, and I think we're going to get to a point with Lawrence where the flashes become more the norm than anything else, the same way we're seeing with Kyler. But at least with Kyler, I get Kingsbury air raid. Here, I get that play calling. And Lawrence already sort of had that sort of lingering in the backward, like when the games really matter, like what are we getting outside of his freshman year? So I'm not saying that I'd be, if I'm a Lawrence believer, that I'm, I'm, I'm not hitting the panic button, but I'm definitely monitoring what's going on. So then I will pivot. Um, and I'll just, I'll throw my two out there right now. So I was going to say the Titans and the Packers, but I'll leave the Titans to the side. Uh, because I'm going to speak about them much more in the uh, in the pick section of this of this podcast. 
the Packers to me, I think the Packers Saints, I'm interested to hear what you guys think because this has the, obviously has the ability to be the biggest overreaction game that we have where the Saints come out of this second best total team in DVOA and, the, and Green Bay is the worst because of how bad they played. This might've been the worst game I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play in my entire life. And for a guy who has had him in fantasy a lot, watched him a lot, he's my favorite quarterback I've ever watched, period, play the game of football. It was, it was scary watching this. And maybe we should have expected some of this, right? Like coming in from the offseason, you know, was, this guy was basically halfway on a jet to Denver halfway through the offseason. And now he's coming back to a team that, do they have an offensive line? They were really good last year. There's a lot of turmoil. You know this dude's not coming back next year. And Aaron Rodgers is not necessarily the easiest, most cuddly bear to deal with on a good day. Now you're talking about a dude who's got his foot halfway out the door. And I th- what I thought was the most interesting thing from week one about this and why I- I'm wondering if you guys think it would be an overreaction or if there might be this bad is just what happened with the coach. LaFleur came out after, basically said that this is embarrassing. We need to learn from this. We need to be better. This sucks. This is a problem. And Aaron Rodgers comes out right after him, this stupid man bun, and says, basically, it's one game. The coach doesn't know what he's talking about. So all around, not great in Cheeseheadland. land. So, Connor, I'm going to ask you, it, am I right in saying that this is the biggest overreaction game of the weekend? Or there is there enough smoke here for there to be fire? I mean, what's changed since last season, right? Like, the only thing I can think of that's changed since last season is Aaron Rodgers probably actively checked out for, like, three months. Whether he needed that or not, whatever, I'm all about mental health, do your thing. If you're pissed off, like, do you and try to come back a little better. But they ran it back. They have Rodgers back. I, I, I guess for, for Packers fans, I just feel bad, right? Because, like, when – you're expecting you okay you got him back for one last dance and he doesn't look the first half of that game he really didn't look like he was completely checked into everything that was going on like he just didn't there was a different and I can't quite put my finger on it I don't know I mean this is me sitting on my couch watching right but I still there, there's a difference between Rodgers when he's dialed in and what I saw in the first half of that game and it did those two things did not look the same to be fair the thing that's missing is pretty clear right I mean the thing that's missing is the, the best left tackle in football isn't playing, right? David Bakhtiari is hurt. So like when yep. you look at, you know, when you look at what goes on, that's part of it is that. That's not 38 not to three part of it though. No, but I, I, I cannot stress to you how unbelievable not he, is. he is at, mm-hmm. at his job. Okay. You know, we talk about the Cowboys when Tyron Smith wasn't playing. Right. And, I'm sorry, it's just not the same team. If you take Trent Williams away from the 49ers, et cetera, et cetera, and on down the line. So it's it's definitely something. It also, like, we need to chill, okay? Now, if this continues week two, week three, week four, week five, right? Like, Aaron Rodgers is one of the three or four or five greatest quarterbacks ever, right? In Somewhere in that group. You really think that he is not going to be engaged to prove a point? Come on. I'm Come with you. on. Yeah, no, I'm with no you. No way. I'm on, Let's I'm be on. real. Like, there are lots of opportunities to shove it to your former team. Throwing the game 
or or not giving your full effort. I'm sorry, he's not Vince Carter. It's not happening enough. Relax, everybody. If, I don't think, we I don't see think this he was throwing month, the game by any means. I don't think it's no, that. No, but that's giving. sort of out there, right? It's like this, not throwing the game, but like, oh, you know, no, he hates the Packers, so he's going to give him all the finger. and yeah. Right? Like, give me a fucking break. That's the problem with the Twitterverse, like, latching onto this game, is they're like, oh, my God, he hates the Packers so much now. And, like, everyone uses every fucking emoji they can find to try to, like, paint him as someone who's going to try to sabotage this team so he can get out and go somewhere else. But, yeah, I, I just... He's already I think out. It's, He's got to yeah, he, re- he reconstructed his contract. He's already gone. It's no, just totally. But my and I'm not sounding the alarm necessarily. But I, I if I was a Packers fan, I just wouldn't love not. He just didn't look mentally checked in, man. Like I don't, I, I don't know. The problem is there's no way to prove that. I hate being the guy that hucks stuff out there and I can't put the toothpaste back in the tube after I do. But and it, it should have been the exact opposite. You have a Saints team with a brand new quarterback playing at home in friggin' Jacksonville. It should have been the other way around. The team that should have been mentally out of, out of sorts is the team playing a home game in Northern Florida. And yet we got, I'm on team R-E-L-A-X with Aaron Rodgers. Very much am. I, but I, I also can appreciate the subtle shots that are going on in the media, around the scenes. And it was, an, it was embarrassing. It was fuck. It was embarrassing. Let me say one thing. Let me say one thing, and then I want Tom's to go because he's been so patient. But the the one thing I want to say on this is that I think the reason we're all so interested in this outcome is because of what team it is and who it is. If it wasn't this team in this offseason, we probably wouldn't be talking about it, right? I mean, Chicago had a disastrous first day, right? I mean, a disastrous first day. The New York Giants we saw last night had two really bad days, right? Like these are teams and big teams that we're just not talking about because this Packers thing is just so juicy to us. You know what I mean? Like the, the Giants have staked their entire future on Daniel Jones. And now look, right? They, they just paid $80 million to Kenny Galladay so we can yell at him on the bench. So like, let's pump the brakes. Let's recognize where it is and who it's coming from. Tomes, so, what do you think? Tomes, just really quick, buddy. And then, and then you take the floor and then roll with it. Just so you know. My second one was Kenny Galladay, just from like week one reactions. Just what you guys told me about on the podcast last week about him going to the media, basically saying, I don't have to- oh, <laughs> chemistry it's... with Daniel Jones, bleed into the Thursday game of this week, and he's legit screaming at him on the sidelines. So, really so quick, I'm good really for reactions. On Go that ahead, point, Tom. really quickly on that point, what happens if the Giants go, let's call it, you know, five and 12, six and 11? And Daniel Daniel Jones has a good season, though, statistically. Like, do you let him walk or do you pay him $20 million next year? So, Tomes, let's go through really quick. Let's go through the next six games. Home versus the Falcons. Push. Okay. At New Orleans. No. At Dallas. No. No, No. because you can't score. Versus Rams. No. <laughs> right? Versus Panthers. No. I like what I saw with Carolina, push. though, but yeah. At Kansas City. Oh, absolutely not. No, I'm no, sorry, right? guys. Like, it I know. ain't happening. I know. I know. So what's, but, your next rea- what's your next reaction, Tom? Well, I wanted, to add, I wanted to add one quick thing about the Green Bay thing. Here's the overreaction part. You know when people like to find – like, you know, baseball stats, for example, oh, it was this pitcher on this day – 
this part of the solstice or whatever. Like the Matt LaFleur one that I found was, you know, he's one in six in traveling to Carolina, sorry, California or Florida playing games there. Okay. There's your overreaction bullshit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But the same thing I continue to hear after these games is that we didn't look good. We didn't look rested. We weren't prepared. That's the continuation. I keep hearing things like that at a Packerland. And that's the only thing that gets me worried. But here's the thing. That's coaching though. That is coaching. Absolutely. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm not putting this on any players. I'm putting this all on coaching, right? My thing is they come out Monday night and they smack around the lines and everything's good again over there, right? So we'll see what happens. So then what's your, what's your next takeaway? We got, next we'll get a couple one, more here and then we'll move on to, yeah, to I mean, some fantasy. I mean, we, especially when I come on this podcast, you know, we're always stressing. It's always about having fun, right? You know, the NFL is fun, <laughs> believe it or not. Sometimes. Connor, do you have fun? Connor Dude, has I'm, fun. I'm a fun guy. Well, Connor's a fun guy, right? I'm a fun and guy. I think for, for, for me, the fun thing week one was like, we've been talking at least the last couple of years of this changing of the guard at the quarterback position. But like, there are so many fun young quarterbacks to be watching right now, right? Mahomes, Allen, Murray, Jackson, Burrow, Tua, Hurts, uh, Mac Jones, I liked. And then eventually Why we're going to get don't, don't put Tua who in the fuck, there. Who the fuck wants to watch Tua? Don't put Tua in there, please. Dolphins fans don't even want to watch Tua. They the love number one Tua hater on Earth say something real quick. Go ahead. The number one Tua hater on Earth say something real quick. He he looked so average this week, and that's like so awesome for Dolphins fans. <laughs> he looks the guy that you earmarked to be your quarterback for two years before he was eligible for the draft looked really average when you finally gave him a really good weapon and waddle, and that's so cool. <laughs> oh god. All right. They love it. Talk to you. Talk to a Dolphins fan about Tua. He's the MVP. Okay. Yeah. yeah they, they also couldn't name any of their defensive starters. They all need to relax. The Dolphins but fans need to relax. And we, just, I know, Tom's. we have a lot in our life. They all need to relax. Okay. We have one that named their dog Tua. Okay. Oh, yeah. So everyone needs to relax. But no, I was just, it, away it's fun. Football is fun again. That's, that's my point. I mean, there's a lot of good things that I got to see. I mean, that, that, that game, that Monday night game, like that was so much fun to watch. Right. It was great. It was awesome. It was great. Connor, any other overreaction before we move on? Yeah, I mean, the Giants are going to be drafting a quarterback in this draft, but that's it. That's my <laughs> hot take. They may be drafting a lot really of things. A hot take. It's just like it's just like a take. Take. I, they they're going to draft a new quarterback in this draft. I don't put up all the fantasy stats that you want. That, that's not going to help you win football games. Like Daniel Jones didn't look amazing. Like he threw a couple of dimes when he had all the time in the world in the pocket and his receivers were like four steps away from whoever was covering him. Like, good job. Can I add another team that's going to have to draft the quarterback? The Eagles? No. The Atlanta Falcons are going to have to draft yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> One because, of those two teams are going to get Matt Corral. Because <laughs> their second through fourth string guys, it's just a tire fire, right? Rosen, Franks, and McCarron. I mean, McCarron's hurt, but they're going to be – they're good. Yeah. AJ McCarron is employed by the Atlanta Falcons right now. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a their... solid backup. But... Yeah, lifelong backup. <laughs> no, come on. I thought that guy he... left. I thought that guy left the league like four years ago. No, he's like the new clipboard Jesus, right? Oh, love it. Love it. So... Ian, any, any other reactions from week one? Yeah, I'm doing the same on Tennessee. I'm relaxing on Tennessee. I'm relaxing on Tennessee. I think, the, you know, I, I think, uh, 
I think some overreactions, like there's definitely some fantasy overreactions right now. Like people that are selling, you know, people that are selling Rogers or people that are selling, um, you know, Devonte Adams or like, you know, they're, Zeke. they're high guy Zeke, Saquon Barkley. Like, let's just see. Okay. Let's just see. Week one. All right. Well, speaking of fantasy, Tomes, you did listen to the podcast last week. You were not able to join. One of the categories that we had was the buy sell from a fantasy perspective. We understood that we had all, most people, if not everyone had already drafted their teams. There's more. So if you have this person sell high on them now, and if you don't have this person go try and get them because you think that there's value there. So one of, you know what? You have the floor. I know yeah. that you wanted to comment on a few of ours. So yeah, yeah, yeah. why don't you why don't you mention a few that you agreed or disagreed with? And then if you want to throw in a nugget of your own, let's do it. And then we'll pick some football games. I'll, I'll do I'll do one of each and then just the one that you missed. Okay. It's like just a roast. Each. But it, the like the the number see, this is it's hard to say the number one. There was two really good ones that I agreed with on buying, and they were Calvin Ridley, first of all, who I absolutely love. I think this guy's got the potential to be top three wide receiver and, you know, receiving yards. I, I love question. like, I love Without it. Question. And don't, and, and guys that own him, don't get scared after what you saw. He was tearing the Eagles apart and then just, I don't know, play calling stopped, whatever. But the biggest one for me was, was Trey Lance. I love Trey Lance. I can't wait to see the best quarterback out of North Dakota state. Okay. And that ain't a shot at, my, at the other boy there, but I am very excited yes, to see is. what that yes, guy is. Yeah, of course. It's it's but I'm very, I'm very I excited. Mean, to it's see not a high bar, is. Carson, that blows. Can you Carson. be better than average except one year? Can you be better than bad? Can you be it's better than, MVP. can you be better than Tua? <laughs> can you throw the ball? <laughs> I, uh, I do find it very interesting that you just brought up a great point that the Falcons need to draft a quarterback this coming year. And yet you're still tying your wagon to Calvin Ridley, which I don't disagree with. I'm just saying it's a bit ironic. Anyone well, else? We we forget we forget that Blake Bortles made Allen Robinson like wide receiver I, five. Yeah, I know. I okay, know. like if if we're doing that with Blake Bortles, enough volume can do that with Calvin Ridley. It's the same thing we see with Darren Waller, where he's getting like 15 targets a game. That's going to be Ridley, whether he's good or the quarterback's good or not. It won't matter. The ball's coming his way. It's a good point. Keep going, Tom. Yeah, uh, and then on the other side of things, I'm sticking with the same team, disagreeing with buying, and I'm going against my own morals because I think I drafted him in all seven of my fantasy teams, was Gage. And uh, he was a ghost out there. What do you get? Mm-hmm. Two targets, I think one reception that game, right? Zero. I'm hoping it was – was it zero? Okay, Big goose so egg. I w- I'm hoping it was a one-off game because I, I thought, you know, with Julio gone, maybe this is opportunity for not only really to step up, and I know Pitts is there too, I get it, but, but maybe Gage – Go by Kyle Pitts. Go by Kyle Pitts go, go now. Kyle Pitts. Now he's running like he is getting 80% of the snaps. Go by him right now. Yeah. But I did mention a name there that, that used to vacate the, the wide receiver one position on that team. And that was Julio Jones. And I know, I know someone on this pod was very, very adamant about their Julio Jones take. And I could not agree more with you, Sean, on yes. selling yes. Julio yes. Jones. Finally. Can we, can we go back to the tapes? I don't want, I had to write it down so I didn't get it mixed up. Okay. I don't want to go to a team like the Cowboys. I want to win. First of all, when I heard that, I was in heaven. Yeah. Because right? the, the Titans have just a long history of winning. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but hey, he gets, they've off been to a, a Super Bowl fair, in the last 20 have. years. Okay. Fair. Fair. But they, he, he's gotten off to such a poor start with that franchise now, especially with, with Vrabel and what Vrabel had to say. And I get that, it. Vrabel's by the way, calling him out because he, he's got high standards for this guy. Let's be that's, real. That's also fucking embarrassing. Like, right. relax, Frable. Relax. 
but then he comes, but he circles back and says, Oh, I, I, it's not something I wouldn't say to my players in front of their face or in the room anyways, but then keep it that way. Right. Don't come and ridicule this guy week one. I get it. It's a stupid play. It was a bad penalty. I've seen the tape. It's not good, but that's the way you want to start your relationship right away. I don't know. I, I just, I, I didn't like it's, what I saw. It's, from it's also not the reason they lost. Like no. it's not the reason they lost. There are exactly. a lot of reasons to sell Julio, right? There's like one or two reasons to buy. And the two reasons to buy are his name is Julio Jones. He's maybe the greatest wide receivers we've seen since Calvin Johnson. And the second reason to buy is that when Henry gets going, Right, like they're gonna try and stack the box. It's one on one for those it's two that, guys. and then it's the AJ Brown effect. But too. there's a like, yeah, there's a lot to sell. So many things. There on, is a right? lot of Julio to sell. I, if you go get him right now, get him cheap. Roll the tape back. Last week, you said there was nothing to sell about Julio Jones. You said that he that it is no, ridiculous. No, I, and as soon as I mentioned Tyler Lockett's name, Tyler Lockett, I think he had three touchdowns this week. Same two. guy. <laughs> it was like you didn't jumped. count right. It was two. You you know what? See. <laughs> You're right, because this is what happens. I make, no, I make the, a point that I think is valid, and then you one word or one name out of line, and the entire but, point is invalid. But here's the thing, though. I, I don't disagree. They, I understand. I personally wouldn't. I would buy Julio, right? If I was in We Draft Leagues, I would buy Julio. I understand why people want to sell. Age, injury history. Like, I get it. I get it, okay? Like, that – I'm not – you know, we, we, I understand. I can read game logs. I know how much he's played. I, I just think we're, I think you're putting the dirt on him too soon. And if you're out there it, and you want to go buy, go buy. Part of it depends on what your expectation for him was, right? If he was your wide receiver one in fantasy, you had enough problems to begin with. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, like, if he's your flex, then like. That's oh, but, but, sure. I, but, Absolutely. but that's, sure. that's my point. I completely agree with you, Connor. If he's your flex, even wide receiver three, I'm, two, I'm three. cool with it. Yeah. But he is yeah. being drafted as a wide receiver two. Two. I think it, I, but I think that's the range. Like, yeah, if I had, if I had fucking Nick Chubb as a flex, yeah, I'm doing awesome. Obviously. Like, yeah. That's a ridiculous thing to say. If no. I get him as a flex. No, you guys, if I get him as a flex, well, no not, shit. Not you no guys. Hold on, hold on. If I get, if I get, the, first if I get off, Chris hold, McCaffrey as a flex. Hold on, relax. It's Connor's birthday. You've already shit on Trevor Lawrence and just called him an idiot for saying that if no, you no, get no. Julio Jones as a flex. It was you. I I'm did coming not. at you. You said I, if he's a flex or a wide receiver three. And go like, ahead. Sorry. Go oh, no, no. See, I actually edited Julio Jones. I'm going to pull this. Connor said if he's a flex, Connor did say it's flex. good. And I said he's being drafted as a wide receiver too. Obviously, if he's a flex, he is, it's a great I play. heard you say if he obviously he, if, if he's, he's your a, flex okay. or right. three or three. Then right? obviously it's a great play. Then you're getting he's good a value. two. He's he not is a two. two. He's not a two anymore. He's not a two anymore. I think his those days are gone. It's gone. And Connor made a great point last week about this too, when he mentioned the Derrick Henry effect in the other way. What Tennessee did not do last week, and you saw it. I watched the games with you. You hated it. They didn't give him the goddamn ball. Yeah. They didn't give him the ball. No, it's not. That's like what's going to open up Julio. Yeah, play action over the top, baby. You know how much? That's their problem right there, Tomes. They ran no play action. Not zero. I think last year, I think last year with Arthur Smith, 84% or some outrageous number of Tannehill's dropbacks were play action. Right? I didn't see any of that. That's what I expected to see. Pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock. Couple checks. Here we go. Play action over the top. Julio. No? A couple post, post corner, but I didn't see any of that, right? 
So I don't know. Again, is it just him not used to his new team, new playbook, new coach, new coordinators, new quarterbacks, all those things? I don't know. But and if all, it is all, all those things, be, those sure are all be. reasons for yep. me in terms of why I agree or why, yeah, why I agree with you, Sean, of why I would sell. Those are the reasons why. There are again, not this is from a wide receivers. It's there are not 20 wide receivers. I'm sorry. If the standard is 10 teams, there are not 20 wide receivers that you would rather have than him. He may be at the back end of the wide receiver two spectrum. I'm sorry, there isn't 20. There's there 20. isn't. There is. There is. No, there's not, but situation matters. I don't think there's 20, oh, but situation uh, yes. matters. We're talking fantasy football, yeah. not like yes. not yeah, like exactly. real football. No, obviously. it was real but football. No, we're but, having a good conversation. Obviously, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we're talking fantasy football, which where situation, target share, your quarterback, your coach, the division, everything. And, and again, the biggest thing for Julio is actually, to Ian's point last week, the division. Because I don't think there's more than one good corner on a team in that division. So, you know, it, it's it, there is a lot there. Again, I like... Like I said, I like Julio as a high-end wide receiver three. I'm sorry, shoot me. Um, Tomes, any other fantasy, uh, any other fantasy stuff before we get to the picks? Last one. We got one more to throw out. There is a player who on July 28th, if I'm not mistaken, PFF ranked them as the 31st quarterback in terms of 32 starters. They ranked him only ahead of Drew Locke, who's not even a starter. That's very nice. And that was Jalen hurts okay and i'm sick and tired of hearing people for the last however many months say this guy sucks this guy's got nothing blah 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 okay new coach new coordinator new offense new weapons no distractions his four games that he has started and finished he's finished with a rank of fantasy wise 11 1 12 and 5 okay I, I, again, just like you said before, Ian, I'm sure you, you could find 20 receivers or sorry, put, put Julio in that, 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 20, that top 20 rank. You're telling me that Jalen Hurts coming into season deserved to be the 31st ranked quarterback? No way. I liked oh, a lot of eight. what I saw. I liked a lot of what I saw from him. I think guys are really buying into that offense, really buying into Nick Sirianni. I've heard some good interviews around him. He's a hoorah guy at first, might be a little bit weird, but how many coach quarterback combos in the NFL have their own handshake? I love it. Okay. That's a guy I tried to get on every single one of my teams. I only own him on one. That's a guy I go out and buy. But the stock through the roof, a little pricey now. I think you're su- I think they're super frisky. I, I worry about the dead cap and how can you really construct a team that's going to do some stuff. But I was I know I made jokes. Jalen Hurts looked f- absolutely fantastic last week. Now is that because the Falcons are that terrible? Could be. Could be. But there was a lot of good in what I saw. He got a little, his first two drives were a little shaky, right? But there was, after that, it just looked like, again, he was poised. He was calm, right? He was relaxed. And, you know, he you know dropped back, ran a couple, you know, like him and Devontae Smith. I mean, they're, they're, they're exciting guys. They're going to be very exciting guys to watch together. So let's get to this week's picks. And um, what's hilarious is, I mentioned last week that early on in fan, in uh, in the football season, take the underdogs. So I tried taking a bunch of them last week on the show. The underdogs went 12 and four covering the spread last week. I somehow found a way to pick three of the four underdogs that didn't cover. So sweet. Uh, so that happened. Uh, we're all looking for bounce back weeks. We're all looking for bounce back weeks. So Let's dive right into it. Ian, I'm throwing to you first here, buddy. 
We got the Niners at the Eagles. The Eagles are plus three. Who are you taking this week? If Trey Lance was playing, man, I'd be, oh, this wouldn't even be a question. Um, It's hard, right? It depends on what 49ers defense we think we're getting, right? If we're getting the, the sort of like the dominant group that we all know or think that we know that they should be, then I'd be smashing the 49ers here. But, you know, what the 49ers did with the Forrest Buckner was like really stupid. Like really stupid. Great point. And, yes. You know. Oh, Ian, sorry. Really, really quick. Who did they, they got a first round pick. Do you remember who they took? Javon Kinlaw, I believe. It was Javon Kinlaw. And if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> I don't think he played very much last week. <laughs> if at all. No, he did not play. He didn't. He did not play. He returned to practice this week. On Thursday, congratulations on that. And I don't think it was an injury. Demarcus, the uh, DeForest Buckner is is the best tackle in the league, not named Aaron Donald. You know, if he and that dominant defense is in this game, I'm with it. Plus, Jason Barrett got hurt. Raheem Mostert got hurt. You know, are we really going to see a buck ninety from Debo Samuel again? You know, I go. I'm going with the Eagles here. I like, I just really like Hurts. I really like Hurts. And I think the sooner we all realize that Kenneth Gainwell is the best running back on that team, the better off we're all going to be. But it's Hurts season. Eagles. I was going to ask that. Tomes, why do they hate Miles Sanders? Is, is he just not good enough? What is this? No, I think he's, average. he's an average back. Yeah, I, I think that is exactly it. And I think they've, we got to see a little glimpse of Kenny G. Kenny G is good. Yep. Kenny G is versatile. He was getting red got, zone looks, like yeah. running the ball, which I was I was completely I shocked by. I know. So I don't think anyone hates Miles. I actually, maybe last year they hated Miles Sanders, but I honestly, I, I just think, yeah, he's an average back, right? He's 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 gonna, you know, run here and there. He's gonna bust one either outside or through the seam for you know 40 whatever yards. But I, I, I think going into that game, I mean, Eagles are, again, coming from playing Atlanta to now playing one of the greatest D-lines in football. It's going to be a much different game plan, obviously, right? I think they have a lot of weapons, uh, a lot of speed guys. It almost looked like there was a lot of like college aspect to, to their offense in week one. You know, a lot of bubble screens. Quest Watkins getting a lot of looks, which I was surprised. Um, Jalen Rieger got a touchdown. Jalen Rieger got a touchdown. <laughs> can I say one thing? That can I say How one did he thing speak out there? Can I say one thing, Ian? I think you made the comment last week's pod about uh, I can't remember which receiver you're talking about, but just about blocking, blocking receivers. Juju, Juju, Juju. Do you know who receiver? PFF ranked number one best blocking receiver in week one. Tell me it's Jalen Rieger. No, JJ Arcega. I was going to say Arcega Whiteside. <laughs> so he's found his role in this offense. Anyway, Eagles, Eagles hey, are 8-1. Hey man, one. just go stand over there. Yeah, dude, like Eagles are 8-1 against the spread. Uh, last nine against the Niners. Again, I hate the whole West Coast traveling to East Coast, but I mean, four Niners did it last week, but I like I like the Eagles to come. This one. I do. Absolutely shocking. Connor? West Coast, East Coast, man. 
The 49ers love to run the ball, and their top running back went out. Give me the Eagles. Wow. That was quick. Very quick. Um, a few call-outs. A question, and then I'll give my pick. Devonta Smith is God. Let's put it out there. And then here's my question, Connor. What is going on with Brandon Ayuk and Trey Sermon that they're just not playing football in week one? Because this, the Ayuk stuff was weird. Like he was being drafted in Julio Jones territory. And now we're looking at a dude who is what's, not what's a even better playing at before week one or like now. Julio was very clearly the better investment. <laughs> People are reaching for Ayuk, and I still don't quite understand it. And I'm not, I'm I, not I, saying that agreed. in the like julio I'm, I'm not trying to pick at that julio scab at all i just i i didn't understand why people were reaching for iuk the way they, the way the way that they were D- it debo, blew my mind iuk is what we debo is what we want iuk to be right so if debo's healthy why are we even playing this game Debo's I, drafted like wide receiver i played against a guy last something. week that started debo samuel in a redraft league and i want to strangle him I not, did that. I'm not even no a redraft league, not our league. No, I, no, I did in, in a redraft league. You and, did. And I won the yeah. I sat congratulations, your trophies in you. the mail. Like you. you and this other guy that I played are in a club of two people that should just mail a trophy <laughs> to each other back and forth. Debo had a very good game. I don't know. I don't know about IU. Whatever. It, stupid. I'm triggered now. And well, by the way, the thing with sermon, the thing with sermon too is the sermon pick was always sort of strange to me. I like Sermon the player, but Shanahan likes the shifty guys who he knows that can catch and he can rely on or going to pick up the blitz. And like, he's very Belichick that way. Like, I think they have, you know, wet dreams thinking about James White, quite honestly. So that seems more of the guy. So I like Elijah Mitchell, um, Jeff Wilson to get there in in there eventually, but that's what I think they're going to go with moving forward. I don't disagree with you. I'm, I'm taking the Niners. The, the West coming East thing, they just played in Detroit last week. So it's not like they, they very well could have stayed out East. They may not even gone home for all we know. Uh, I'm sure one Google search would tell us, and I would assume they went home, but they just did it. I would say everything points to the Eagles. If you're getting a field goal or more at home early on, take the points. It's like the easiest thing you can do. But I really liked what I saw from the 49ers. I, I'm not reading too much into the Detroit comeback. I think that was garbage time. They, they chalked it up as like, this is over. And I need Jimmy to play worse because I want, I want Trey Lance time. And Jimmy played really well. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. Um, I'm going to take the Niners. I, I just think that they're a better team. And I think the Eagles are better than I thought that they were. But I'll take the better team in a field goal game. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. So let's get to the next one. The Rams are visiting the Indianapolis Colts. The the uh, spread is three and a half. Connor, are you going with the dog at home again? Or are you going to roll with the favorite? No, I'm going to roll with the favorite. I mean, the way that the Rams deployed Jalen Ramsey last week, like I'm not even getting into the Aaron Donald stuff. Like the way they deployed Ramsey last week was enough to just show me how versatile and awesome this defense is. And I don't think Wentz is going to be able to do anything about it. Like, if you're the best shutdown corner in the league playing as a borderline fourth linebacker in the star position that he played in college that he's most comfortable in, and then you've also got 
Aaron Donald getting triple teamed and still beating it. I, what's Wentz going to do? He can't. He, Wentz can't run. He can't move. <laughs> Wentz can't move, and Aaron Donald's going to be coming down on him. And then when he actually finally has time to do something, Jalen's either going to be on their best guy or plugging up whatever gap he needs to be in the run game. Like this game's over before it starts. I'm taking the Rams. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll run here. I, I'm. Ta- I'm also taking the Rams. The, again, another field goal plus home dog early on in the season but i mean carson wentz against this defense no thanks there are there's one line that's fishier to me than this because you can say that west team coming east and rams played at home last week it was a night game so technically on a little bit shorter rest and the the colts got embarrassed last week there's a lot to say the colts are coming going to come out ready to play and this is this is an opportunity from the win but xavier like the C- it was the Seahawks played the Colts last week, right? It was, I believe. The Seahawks torched that def- that pass defense. Now Xavier Rhodes is out. Darius Leonard is questionable. I get no thanks. Carson Wentz versus defense, no thanks. Three and a half points. If you can buy a, po- a half point, gambling, beautiful. Rams. Yeah, just to feed off that last point you made, I mean, that Colts defense against the pass did not look good last week. Right. And, and I like what I've seen now or just I mean, week one, but with with Stafford in that offense. I mean, that's a high powered offense that I'm excited to watch. Um, I mean, I can go over the Aaron Donald stuff night and day, but I don't want to chirp at Wentz too much. I, I tried to I promised myself <laughs> <laughs> I promised myself when it came to this pick, I wouldn't mention. Yeah, I wouldn't even mention his name. But yeah, give me the Rams here. Four for four, Ian? I mean, the spread should be seven. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean that in all honesty. I, I, I'm puzzled by this. I, I, it makes no sense, especially since we don't know. You mentioned Leonard. You mentioned Xavier Rhodes. Quentin Mel- Nelson may not play. Like, then what? Then what? Right? I mean, that and one of the teams employs Carson Wentz. The other team employs Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. What do you think is going to happen? And I mean, this should be seven. It could be 10. This is outlandish. This is an outlandish spread. I mean, it's the Rams in an absolute, absolute runaway. And what's hilarious is. Oh, by the way, good little start this week. If you have flex consideration, Naheem Hines. So not Julio on the flex. We covered this. If you got Julio in the flex, you're in an okay spot. Yeah, you're in an okay spot. Connor, do you have one more point? I saw you holding up a finger there. I did. So even with all those guys in the Colts being out on defense, like their defense is still like okay. Like, like yeah. I, I, I feel like I could take the under in this game and also take the Rams to cover, and I'd be perfectly comfortable with both. I agree, I agree with you 100%. I think the Rams and the under is a great play here. And I also like mixing in the next game. So let's get to it. The Minnesota Vikings, who just lost an overtime game to the Cincinnati Bengals, are visiting the Arizona Cardinals, who just demolished a division favorite. And the Cardinals are favored by three and a half. To echo my brother's sentiments, how is this spread not over seven points? Now, that's what scares me. The only thing that scares me here is that Vegas has this at three and a half, which is like, they know something. This line should be at least seven. The Vikings suck. They are terrible. 
like Vikings I, defense sucks. Yes, it does. Which against Arizona is enough. All the best. Kyler looked incredible last week. He, he made looked some outlandish throws. And and listen, I think he ins- we're not going to sit here and say that the Tennessee Titans are, you know, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens on defense. That's not what our argument's going to be here. But I think that it's fair to say that he looked Mahomesian, those throws. I agree with you. And I think it's fair to say that the Minnesota Vikings are basically on par with the Tennessee Titans. And I like the Titans offense more than I like the, uh, the Vikings offense. And I would say this as well. I thought the Cardinals defense did a really, really good job last week. I liked what their linebackers brought. I obviously Chandler Jones, like that was ridiculous. Like Tyler Lewin, it was ridiculous. Just start, Um, start making his bust in the hall of fame right now. He's waltzing it. Chandler? Chandler Jones could walk in backwards. Wow. He's maybe, he may be the best pure, pure edge pass rusher. What one of one, one of the top three, at least at the past two decades. I mean, incredible career. So I'm betting this now. The only thing that's keeping me from betting the Cardinals, I'm taking the Cardinals. The only thing that like has me hesitate is that it's three and a half, which makes me think that there's sharp money all over the Vikings. But I would not be shocked if when I go to bet this, it's already four or four and a half. And by Sunday, it's six. I would not be shocked. Do you agree, Toms? I do agree. I absolutely agree. You know who sucks the most on the Vikings? Mike Zimmer. That's who does. Calling him out. Supposed to be some defensive mastermind. Team, that team, man. Yeah, with your hot wife, idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been a Mike. I've never been a Mike Zimmer fan, but... Oh, man, the, the Cardinals are so fun to watch. I love Kyler Murray. I mean, he was doing things last game that I'm just like, how? Yeah. How? Escape artist acts, right? I don't know. Vikings, to me, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised by, what did you say, Saturday, if this game gets up to six, mm-hmm. right? Look for the Cardinals to go 2-0 and here and, and keep it rolling. I'm taking them as well. Ian, I can only assume you're taking the cards. Chandler Jones is absurd. Okay. (laughs) Since 2017. Okay. That's the year he had 17 sacks. Okay. 17 sacks and 28 tackles for loss. Tackles for loss, best of his career. Sack totals, 17, 13, 19. Last year, he only played five games because he was hurt. And then five in game one. This guy is a a cyborg. It's like him, DeMarcus Ware, that group. Anyway, uh, you can't be anything but thrilled with what you saw from Kyler, right? And and if we, you know, we all talk about the Hopkins catch. The Hopkins catch was fantastic. We need to have at least a discussion about the throw, okay? Absurd throw. We are seeing Mahomesian stuff from Kyler. It's really, really fun. And, you know, I do look for the Vikings offense to get on track here. Keep the faith with Justin Jefferson. Keep the faith with Dalvin Cook, right? Like, keep the faith with those guys. Because Cousins and those guys, I mean, Thielen's going to score his touchdowns. But Cousins, that offense is going to produce. Stick with it. I like the over, but I like Arizona here. All right, Connor, round us out, buddy. Are we going to go four for four, two games games in a row? I think so, man. Ian, I got a question for you. Mm. Do you know a bigger Kyler fan than me? No, you're the biggest. You were on the bandwagon since 
like day one. That dude's a top five quarterback. That dude, I fucking love this dude. He is a goddamn human joystick. I, I cannot tell you how much I love Kyler Murray. Period. End of story. I love this dude. I'm taking the Cardinals a million out of a million times in this game. And this is coming from someone who's almost going to be like a Vikings apologist because I feel like I. it's fun to clown on Kirk because he's kind of like a weird vanilla human, but like he's played really well the last year and change. Like I, I, I largely like what the Vikings are doing, but I feel like they're about to run into a team that's at a certain point you can only do so much. Like, I don't know. Hey, how do you contain Kyler? How do you stop him from making those throws after you try to contain him and he runs like, you know, sideline to sideline five times. I just, I don't know how you do it. This. Okay. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Mary fuck kill Kyler Ooh. Lamar Dak. All right. I'm going to marry Kyler. Cause I want that every night. I'm going to kill Lamar because when he's great, he's great. And when it's bad, it might be the most frustrating thing in the world because you know what his ability is. And I'm going to fuck Dak because goddamn, what he can do when he's healthy is sexy. Holmes, you just like his hip movement. Dude, are you kidding me? You wouldn't fuck that? No. Holmes, tell me. Kyler, Lamar, Dak. No, I'm going to marry Kyler. Mm-hmm. So cute, the little guy. Love him. Great little guy, you know. If if fuck Lamar, I kill Dak. I fucking hate that guys. Come on, I wouldn't take I, nothing. No, never. Dak. I thought you were fun. Here I was uh, this whole week. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna talk to Tom to hang out. He's so fun. And then you just you from the top rope, you just do the least fun thing in the world, and you kill a guy like Dak. Man, I can say so many bad things right now. Well, not let's let's to. not let's not do that. I will say this. If I can get on an MFK, I'm going to marry Dak. I'm going to fuck Kyler and I'm going to kill Lamar. It's really close. Those two are really close. I I think those two are are a a step above Lamar. As crazy as that is, he won the MVP. So crazy. Deservedly so. Yep. Yep. All right. So we're all on the cards. By the way, I would marry Dak because I just think that if you put all three fully healthy, I'd... That consistency. The consistency. That's you need. You know what you need in marriage consistency. You know what I need. You need need to see. I need to see Kyler. What Murph is explaining, he's absolutely right. I mean, the throws were unbelievable. I need to see it now. Eight out of ten weeks. Twelve out of sixteen weeks. I need that. I got one more thing on Kyler, then I'll shut the fuck up about him. We were seeing that last year until he hurt his throwing arm. Just for the record. Can I just put that? We saw it until he heard his throwing arm last year. You are allowed to put that on the record. Um, that, that is, is that on, is going on the, the record. official Connor Murphy, on the Kyler Murray official record. Put let's that in the Murph Murray folder. Let's get to the game of the week. The Kansas City Chiefs are traveling to Ian's lock of the week last week, the, the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are getting three and a half. Ian, defend your pick last week and explain why you're going with the Chiefs this week. My pick last week was right. <laughs> it was going to be right. And, like, I don't know what they're doing. Then Max Crosby came in and just said, What I'm is Lamar stuff. doing? What is Lamar doing? And, like, th- this is why people have Lamar issues. Well, there's other reasons, and those people for those reasons are idiots. But this is the only valid reason for Lamar issues, is that, like, I just need him to not do this. I need him to not do this. Like 
it is your job solely in those moments to come through and and not to hurt your team. So, yeah, I mean, I defend that pick. I, 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 how is Baltimore not scoring more? You know, like they, they, they have this, this kid, you know, Tyson Wallace runs this unbelievable run or Tyson Williams, right? Runs an unbelievable run. And then they just stop giving him the ball. You know, the, the, in comes in Murray. It's just, I love John Harbaugh. I, I, I just don't know what, what the plan is there. I mean, I can't believe this is three and a half. You know, God, this early start for Kansas City is really tough. But yeah, I can't believe it's three and a half. I don't know that Marlon Humphrey is going to play. Marcus Peters is obviously out. I'm not totally sure who's covering Travis Kelsey. It's not Patrick Queen. So what's the plan? Who was excellent, by the way, week one? Yes, he was. It's Kansas City. Let me add a couple of names to that injury report for you, Ian. Jimmy Smith is not playing. Is it Derek Wolf? D Wolf? Yep. Derek Wolf? He's not yep. playing. Stanley's not playing. Uh, Hollywood Brown is questionable. And they have like 18 players on the IR. This is the San Francisco. Is, hum- is Humphrey playing? He was not on the injury report that I saw. Okay. So they, and this is the 49ers from last year where a good team who's just getting ravaged, it's just not their year. It's just not happening. Um, I'll say this. The Chiefs don't cover. They haven't covered for like a year and a half. They're one and five against the spread in their last six. It was a problem last year too. Like we talked about this in the podcast a lot where it's like, we're taking Mahomes. We're taking, they didn't cover last week either. They're an impossible team to bet. I'm still taking them though. Cause the one team that they cover against is Baltimore five of the last six they've covered. Uh, I'm, and they're like six, six for the last seven in Baltimore. So I'm going to take the Chiefs. I, I just think that this is dysfunction this year with the, with the Ravens. So I'm taking the Chiefs, Connor. Go ahead. Uh, that's got to be really tough to lose twice in one night, right? If you're Baltimore and then you fly home just to find out that like half your team's questionable. And by the way, you have the Chiefs coming up. That's not fun. No. I've got a weird feeling that the mood in Baltimore isn't as fun as it's been the last year and a half. Um, yeah, it, it's tough not to pick the Chiefs here. And, I mean, I, I'm picking them for the same reason that they kind of burned me last week where I thought they'd come out and be like, you know, fuck the Browns. We're going to make sure we embarrass them. If they can't do this to the Ravens, then I'm probably going to start fading the Chiefs throughout the season. But with the way the Ravens are looking right now, coming off a really tough loss, even with Baltimore being at home, it's, it's tough for me to not take the Chiefs. And that half point what, is what? very important. It is, because I think we'd all pick the, the Chiefs outright to win. But that half point for the cover is important. Sorry, Ian, I cut you off. What did Baltimore do well week one? Right? Like, you know, they obviously did things because they're in a game and it's an overtime. But, like, what do we feel great about? Right? They're running like, the ball for a period of time. Like, that's like, I, like I, you yeah, said before. Yeah, right? I mean, but, but Baltimore teams are always going to do that. Right? So, Sure. Sure. Even but with losing if, your running backs, right? Like Lamar was your leading rusher last season. Like they, they they were able to move the ball, and that's like probably the one thing that we can take away from that. That's like a out of boy good. To Ian, pro- to Ian, yeah, go ahead, Ian. Go ahead, buddy. Like that's never really a problem, right? Like mm-hmm. they have to be dominant running the ball because Lamar. they don't 
Right. They don't, they either don't have identity. the weapons or, or they, right. They either don't have the weapons or he isn't utilizing them correctly. And so, to Ian's, Ian's, points last, Ian's point last week, yeah, they move the ball against the Raiders. Right. A team that benched Cleveland Farrell last week. Right. Hold on. That was wild. No, 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 no. no. I need two minutes on this. Go ahead. All right. How about it? I don't know. I know why John Gruden's still employed. Because for whatever good, bad, or indifferent, he is getting good things out of of, uh, Derek Carr. And they gave him a 10-year contract. He's not going anywhere. Why is Mike Mayock still employed? Explain this to me. He said it last week, though, man. He was like, if they miss the playoffs this year, I don't know how I'm still – like, he said that on the NFL Network. He was like, if we miss the playoffs this year, I don't know how I'm still employed, which is wild. Like, if you're a GM and you're that self-aware, like, that's wild. It's almost Kenny Galladay-ish calling out your quarterback before you even play a game. It's like it, – it, it, It's it, – it, I don't understand. I mean, you traded you traded basically Aaron Donald. Right, like Khalil Mack is the Aaron Donald of edge rushers, you know, and I'm sorry, but Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Abram, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, and Alex Leatherwood as the first round picks under Mayock. I'm sorry, that's not good enough. And by the way, I think he took Colton Miller too, but I can't totally be sure. And Miller's okay, but I'm sorry, what the fuck is he still doing here, right? We, we, we gave Kenyon Drake, like, guaranteed money when you took Josh Jacobs in the first round. What's going on? I don't know how Raiders fans do it. They gave the keys to the car to someone who got to play GM for 32 teams. And now he's, like, in the thick of it, and he actually has to wheel and deal with, like, the other 31, and he's seeing how tough it is to do this. To be fair, hey, epic analyst. Unreal. Epic analyst. He was my favorite analyst. I love him on question. NFL Network, mm-hmm. right? Always. He did the Notre Dame games too. Yep. Okay. And I'm going to love him again. I'm going to love him again. I can't wait. <laughs> it's next time next to year. go. Next year. So, Tom's four for four? Yeah, I won't add too much more. I know, like, Ravens are going to probably try and blitz the shit out of Mahomes, and I think that's going to be a bad decision because, well, Mahomes is good at Mahomes, and he even alluded to the meme of, oh, you know, Dr. Tyreek up there somewhere. You know, it's – all those like, listing off all those names and running through them in my head again of guys that are either hurt or questionable or out. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't see it. I, I got a little worried. Same like you, Sean, like you said, with the extra half point there, maybe, but I'm making a four for four. Let's go Chiefs. And that's now two four for fours on this podcast for home dogs getting more than a field goal. I skipped a game, so we're going to go do it. The Tennessee Titans are visiting the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are Laying six and a half points. Tom's will stick with you. I just, I feel like these AFC South games, like, should all be Thursday night games. <laughs> it's like boring defense. It's felt like that for a while. Like, right? Has it, has it not? Like, this the is a game. Two teams almost have the same color scheme. <laughs> every, every AFC South division winner for the past decade has played the Saturday at noon game in the playoffs. Like, it's yeah, a walk. I, I also, I also feel like, like the Texans, like the Jags, like these teams play like, like three Thursday night games a year. It feels like almost. And two in London. Oh, Jesus. Don't get me started. But I don't, this is a game I probably won't tune in until about 
halfway through the fourth quarter because I feel like it may be like a 7-3, 10-7 game going into it. Uh, I mean, six and a half, wow, you know, it's a lot from, from last week. But, guys, we got to think that the Titans are better than what we saw last week, no? Yes. Like, they have to be. Come on. I got I a lot so. of faith in, in your boy in Tannehill. I like Tannehill. I've always liked Tannehill. But, again, you know, making sure that the game plan is executed properly, you know, running the ball, you know, play act. I want to see a lot of that play action again. I don't know. I, 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 at first I thought this could be close. Like I said, you know, quick defensive battle, you know, grinding it out, but I, I just see Russ taking over again, you know, DK. Oh my God. I'd love DK Metcalf. I I'm taking Seahawks here. I am. I'll make mine quick. I thought the Cardinals line was an underreaction line. I think that that should have been seven. This is an overreaction line. This shouldn't be six and a half. The Titans, I know they got killed, but this is more four, four and a half game at most to me. And if I'm getting two free points with a team as talented as the Titans, even though I don't trust their defense, even though their coach called out their brand new shiny toy, I just expect a bounce back and I expect a lot more Derrick Henry. I love the over at 54. I like the Seahawks to win and the Titans to go to 0-2 and, and then to be the shocking 0-2 team, to quote uh, Bill Simmons. But I like uh, I like the Titans to cover. Ian, what do you think? This is the first time the Seahawks have been in front of their home fans in a long time. Oh and, shit, you're right. And they suck. Like Seahawks fans suck. Sorry, any of you that are Seahawks fans, you suck. That's not Seahawks. But they're going to be loud. They're going to be really loud. And I think. I, th- I think this line should probably be five, five and a half, right? Probably a little further down there. And then I would probably take the, the, the Seahawks because I, ju- I just don't see them losing, right? Like behind that crowd, I still don't see them losing. I kind of like the Seahawks here. So that's where I'm going to go. Wow, good. Connor, are you with me or are you with the, uh, are you with the Seahawks boys? No, I'm, the Seahawks are going to cover. The, I was going to touch on the fans being in the stands, but it's because now that there's fans in the stands, they can illegally pipe crowd noise into that stadium and try to say that they have the loudest stadium in the NFL. And Slippery <laughs> Pete can get back to his bullshit. Like, there's, they're going to find a way to, like, more than backdoor cover this while Pete just smacks on his fucking gum and keeps turning up the, the volume on his damn iPod to make sure that everyone in Seattle can try to say that they're louder than Kansas City. The Seahawks are going to cover, and I, I, I kind of feel bad for the Titans because if the Titans were at home, I'd be – even if it was a three – you know, if they were three-point dogs, I'd probably take the Titans. I'd take them in a dog fight just to cover at least. But I I think the Seahawks are going to cover because there's going to be some weird Seattle slippery Pete fuckery going on. I got to ask, is slippery Pete like a real guy in Seahawks territory, or is this just like a common name that you're using? Like a No, a, slippery Pete's a real guy in college football territory where you just kind of slide out the back door right before guys like Reggie Bush take the ball for you. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So we got three on the Hawks. Uh, let's get to the last game. The Lions are visiting the Packers. Packers are favored by 11. Uh, yeah. This one, I all the credit to the Lions, man. They, you know what? They fought back. They didn't quit. Good for them. They're frisky. They're frisky. 
They're going to lose by three touchdowns. I'm taking the Packers. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Before they went on that little run there in, in garbage time, what were they down? 22 at one point? Was it more? Yeah. Uh, it was 30 to eight. Listen, the Lions made Eli Mitchell look like Barry Sanders. Aaron Jones is going to run all over this Lions team. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm assuming you're taking the Packers two tomes the way you're talking. I, I, yeah. Like, I. I try not to look too much into the stats against the spread. Sometimes, you know, like Detroit seven and one against the spread in their last eight against the Packers, but they're going to be seven and two against the spread. I mean, I, I think Packers fans relax. Things, you know, everyone come back to earth for a second here. I, I, I like the Packers here. I'm with you, Sean. It, it might, like probably by two touchdowns, maybe even more in this game. Well, Ian, you told everyone to relax. You said in Aaron Rodgers, we trust, and we agree with you. What are you saying when it comes to 11 points at home against those pesky Lions? I think that's exactly what the Lions are, and I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think that the fact that the Lions are going to be irritating to play against, not be a tough out, but also still be bad. I think that's sort of fun for Detroit in a way, where it's like you can look at this team and have like hope but also understand what they are. And they're still the Lions, you know? Um, I just really love their direction. I think Goff was started off bad and then sort of got his footing a little bit. Um, I think they really have something with Quintez Cephas. I think they really do. I, I think that guy is something. I like where they're going. But Aaron Rodgers is angry. And you won't like Aaron Rodgers when he's angry. I don't care what Devontae Adams costs in daily fantasy this week. I don't care. I don't care. Go get him. This guy, Noah Kuda, he may have five touchdowns. Great point. Well, that's, that's three. Do we make it four, Connor? We might, we might be aligned. Honestly, the From the Stands fans might just fade all of our picks and make a shit ton of money. Are you taking them with pesky Lions? Or are you rolling with the angry Aaron Rodgers? I I was screaming on the podcast last year about angry Aaron and he, you know, he fucked around and won MVP. These, I don't know what it is, man. The, this Lions team is not easy to play against. It's not going to be easy to play against. I don't know if they're, it's like a dog just latching onto its owner's like, you know, personality, but the, the, I, I legitimately feel like this team is latching onto their coach and like, yeah. It might not be good, but they're fighting for a full 60, and that's really fucking tough to play against in the NFL. Now, it's not going to translate to wins all the time. It's not easy to play against, and 11 points is a lot. I'm going to go angry Aaron one more time. I'm taking the Packers. I just needed to get that out because I myself do not feel good about it. And when you know what's funny? You know what's good about having that mentality? You know, the, the pesky, you know, we talk the pesky sends and things like that. When you do start to get the talent that allows you to win or you do develop into a team that's ready to win, when you fought your ass off when you were losing, it makes you appreciate winning more. And I think that's where you see teams that roll over. Jacksonville, for example, the Falcons. That doesn't help the development of their players. I think something, a, a mentality like the Lions is something that's going to help. So let's just do a quick recap. We got in the first game, everyone's on the Eagles, except for me, I'm taking the 49ers. Everyone is on the Rams. Everyone is on the Cardinals. 
Everyone is on the Seahawks, but me, I am taking the Titans. We are all on the Chiefs and we are all on the Packers. So we're going down with the ship here, guys. Like there's literally two games up for grabs here. Uh, before we sign off, Connor, you gave me two <laughs> NCAA picks that were locks last week that I put into my lock teaser with the 49ers and the Rams. Both of them ended up losing. And I thought that I was guaranteed to win because I missed out on betting Ohio State because it started too early. And I was like, and they were losing. I'm like, guaranteed I'm winning the second one. God told me I shouldn't bet Ohio State. And sure enough, Texas got absolutely killed on the road in Arkansas. So give us your NCAA plays of the week. Holy, holy fuck. Like, boys, first off, can I clap my hands? For the first time in program history, I think Oregon won a game in the trenches. And I just, I just want, I just want to clap for that. Did they though, or did the refs? The refs uh, really helped. Oregon, won Ohio in the State trenches, was bad, but, but Oregon won in the trenches. But that game script completely fell Oregon's way, and it made it so much easier for Chris Ball to call. Because I think when I, th- I want to say it was like two years ago, they played Stanford, and the game script went completely the opposite way. Everything went Stanford's way, and Chris Ball had no idea what he was calling. So I, I just I don't want anyone calling me week nine when they're surprised that the Ducks have lost two games. Is all that's all I'm saying. Uh, da, 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 let me see here. NCAA picks. I'm going to take Notre Dame minus seven and a half. I think it was ridiculous that they didn't start their starting quarterback for really more than a quarter, and everyone was up in arms about them barely beating Tulsa. I thought that was or was it Toledo? Yeah, it was Toledo. So last week, Notre Dame played their starting quarterback for like a quarter, and then everyone was surprised that they didn't end up covering. Like, relax a little bit. Relax. Like, yes, he he threw a pick in the first quarter, and then they sat him for two and a half quarters. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, other pick I'm going to go with, uh, I actually really, really like UCLA versus Fresno State in the Rose Bowl. 11 points. I think UCLA can cover 11 points against a, what's actually a pretty good Fresno State team. So there you go. UCLA covers. Notre Dame covers. covers. Beautiful. I'm going around the horn here. <clears throat> Ian, you are new to the Premier, to Premier League soccer. You literally came in as I left. So I'm not actually going to throw to the Manchester United fan here. I'm going to throw to someone who's new to Premier League soccer. You watch it every single week religiously. What was that Ronaldo experience like for you? Emotional. It was emotional because... That's the jersey he belongs in. And, you know, when here's the thing, right? Like in any sport, you talk about the greatest player ever, right? You talk about the, the greatest players ever, right? Guys that are on the Mount Rushmore. You know, there's certain jerseys they just belong in, you know? Like imagine if you could rewind time and rather than retire with the Wizards, someone like Michael Jordan, you could see them with the bulls and, and, and they still have it, you know, that's the unique part about Ronaldo coming back is that he still has it. So that was like, as a sports fan, and I'm, I'm not a Manchester United fan. I don't care one way or the other, if they win, lose or draw every weekend, other than the fact that I want Connor to be happy, but that was emotional stuff. It's like, you know, it, he's not Gretzky, but Gretzky never belonged in any Jersey that wasn't orange and blue. You know, there's certain players that they just fit. And Ronaldo's one of those guys. Well, imagine if Gretzky went back to the Oilers instead of going to the Rangers. Right. Yeah, and he still had it. And he still had his fastball. 
You know what I mean? Well, did he still did? Like, I mean, that line, he even said like he felt like he could have played another three years when he retired. Let's go to you, Tones. What was it like watching Danny Ricardo and Lando Norris finish one two at Monza at the home of Ferrari this past weekend? Not fun. It was not fun, but I loved it. For it was tough. Okay, as a Ferrari guy, like yeah, it's tough. There's my Charles Leclerc helmet back there. Look at it. It was tough. Like it's tough because that's that's who you're up against in the constructor, right? Like it is basically a dogfight between Ferrari and McLaren, McLaren, right? And and those are huge, huge points. Now you have to come back and, and and fight for. I mean. On the other side of things, as, as just like a sports F1 guy, it was nice to see Danny Rick get back there. It was. And it was nice to see the shoeys. Mm-hmm. Although, did you see Botas? Botas. Right yeah, yeah. And then they interviewed. You've done a shoey before. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no I no. have not. <laughs> That's Botas, man. I got to say, that guy. He raced his ass off this I've, I've, I've. I've got a, I've gained a lot of respect for that guy, just you know, knowing what he's gone through over the years and stuff he's put up with and whatnot. But like he's a he's a he's a cool guy. I like Boltas. He's a good guy. Right. Like so too. it was a fun race. Uh, you know, still got a couple coming up. I was just about to check actually what was next on the circuit, but well, and now we got Verstappen with a three-place grid penalty because Russia. he came inside on Hamilton when Hamilton had the lead. We're not going to talk about who was right and who was wrong. We'll We're going to leave that. that. We'll talk about All that I'm going to say is it is immensely symbolic that you have a Charles Leclerc helmet at the bottom of the podium and not at the top. So let's just leave it at that. Guys, this was a fun episode. This was fantastic. It'll be up. This will this will be, be Saturday when we have this up. We are coming back again next Wednesday with the Blue Bag Boys. They are back. The Fantasy Boys from the, from the states are coming back on on wednesday it'll be up on thursday connor tomes thank you both for joining us again ian please sign us off happy birthday connor